Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, 40 in a week. Tuesday is my 40th birthday. And a lot of these rejoins are making me feel young again. I mean, that was... I mean, you know, when 50 came out with that album, I was obviously a huge Eminem guy. That was, I remember exactly that, how I felt at that time, that age. Oh, those were the days. Now I'm going to be 40. Yesterday, I forgot to mention on the air, I forget that the days are actually the day ahead. Yesterday was my eighth wedding anniversary. Love you, honey. What a wonderful eight years we've had together in my life. The best eight years of my life. Except for high school football. Outside of that, the best eight years. No, I'm just kidding. Love you. So I had that yesterday. Of course, I can't go out because I got to do the show. We'll go out Friday or something, do something nice. But anniversary, Christmas, my 40th birthday, busy time. And Juan Soto, just because it was so busy, they had to sneak him in with a Zoom. We'll get back to the... Uh, DeVito stuff, I'll still take your calls on it, don't worry. But I have to talk about Juan Soto a little bit in the Yankees. Um, Juan Soto introduced in the Bronx. You heard a couple clips there uh, from Marco on it. Let me just talk about the Zoom thing because I have to. I was talking about it a second. Like, it, it kind of bothers me. This is, this is the move that, I mean, I'm torn on it. Let me say this because this is the move that now has everybody believing the Yankees are back. This is the big bad Yankees. This was you got you went out and got the generational talent of Juan Soto, and I can't see him at a dais put on the jersey. Like we couldn't figure this out. It's over Zoom, and I know it's a new world, right? And we Zoom everything. I get it. I get it. We Zoom doctor's appointments. We Zoom everything. But can Juan Soto stand at a dais and put the jersey on and hear all the clicks of the photographers? Like what? He's, I mean, they traded for Alex Rodriguez, too. I know he was under a long-term contract, and Juan Soto may only be here one year. And boy, did it sound like that during the press conference, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But, like, can we have that moment? Can we have that Yankee moment? Can we feel like the, the, the pomp and circumstance of the Yankees instead of him just zooming in a Yankee hat? Don't get me wrong, he looked excellent in the Yankee hat. And the idea of his enthusiasm to play alongside Judge and talk about how he's not going to change his swing to the ballpark, which I thought was a, a positive thing to say, because we all know he can hit more home runs with the short porch, but we've seen guys like Teixeira and Giambi come in as 320, 330 hitters and leave as 250 hitters trying to hit home runs in that short porch. I don't want him to be that guy. We don't need him to be that guy. Be Juan Soto, the same Juan Soto that's been in Washington, the same Juan Soto that's been in San Diego. We don't need 60 home runs at the cost of you know 100 points on your batting average and 50 points on your on-base percentage trying to hook things. Don't do it. But besides the Zoom nature of it, which I have to admit bothered me, I'm going to also say that it bothered me because I wanted the show, because I love the show. There's nothing better than watching. My two favorite things are like press con- outside of the winning the baseball games, the press conferences, and then the champagne celebrations. Can you imagine... If they didn't do champagne celebrations, they just all got together the night after and just Zoomed the party, I'd be furious. I, I love this stuff. We live for this stuff. 
But it also makes me wonder about the Yankee mindset. But first, let's get into Juan Soto in some of the comments here. And everyone's going to harp on a couple of things that were said. And Marco even snidely commented that while I'm here was uttered a, a few times. When asked about Judge and playing with Judge or the Yankees, it's, well, while I'm here, while I'm here. Okay. He also said something we're not focused on that seemed obvious at the time and is obvious, but it shapes all of this. When asked about the extension, what did he say? He said, they know who my agent is. They know who to call. Plain and simple. Scott Boris is running the show. So for all of you who thought that there was a chance that the Yankees could extend him, that they could, that he would want to stay, he is not even thinking about it. He hired Scott Boris for a reason. Scott Boris is running the show. If you want to call up Scott Boris and offer $800 million, maybe you can even uh, push some of the money back 50, 60 years. But if you want to offer something crazy, maybe. But there is no chance. You are going to have to deal with Scott Boris. Scott Boris is taking him to free agency. And that's why I don't really care about the while I'm here comments because he's been coached. He went into that press conference being very careful not to say that he wants to be here. He know They're not stupid. He's not stupid. They just saw Shohei Otani sign for $700 million. Whether or not he's actually going to get $700 million, and we'll talk about that and some of the numbers on this thing, I'm, I'm confused by it, and so far I'm pissed off by it. Like those, Because I'm confused, I am pissed off. And we'll get into the Shohei Otani uh, contract. But I am not concerned at all. I'm not. We knew this from the beginning. It could be a one-time thing. It could be a one-year thing. He's going to free agency. But by no means do I think that he's already got his mindset on leaving because he said, while I'm here. Nor do I think it's a problem when he says, they know who to call. I think right now if Scott Boris called him and said, listen, the best option is to re-sign with the Yankees, he'd do it. That's it. That's it. He's going to play in this beautiful ballpark. He's going to play alongside the best hitter in baseball, and he is going to love it here. He is going to win here, and he's going to be a Yankee for a long, long time. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And part of me thinks that the reason why he had a press conference via Zoom instead of in the uh, the halls of Yankee Stadium with the pomp and circumstance of the owner putting on the jerseys because they wanted to do it now, and they're busy. The Yankees are busy with Yamamoto. Busy, busy bees. And I think that's the other, the Yamasoto is going to happen. I don't buy for a second that Yamamoto wants to go sign now with the Dodgers and be the second biggest signing of the Dodgers this offseason. I don't think he wants to go and be... You know, in that pit, I know for the next year he's going to be the ace. I understand that this coming season he's going to be the best pitcher in that rotation, at least as of right now. But he eventually is going to be there in the rotation and on the team with the biggest name in all of sports and certainly in, in his home country, in this country, wherever. And I don't think from everything we've heard about this kid. And I understand that now because of this contract, the Dodgers have all this money. And I understand he grew up a Dodger fan. And I understand he was already on in L.A. And so he probably met at Dodger Stadium. And he, and everyone immediately assumes the Dodgers have this head up. I honestly believe he does. He wants to be the big guy here. 
And I don't think he wants to go sign where Shohei Otani just signed and have the entire the, the entire you know fame and and shine of his fr- signing be overshadowed. I don't think so. Juan Soto is a different player. I know Judge is a great player. The Yankees are the Yankees. He is going to be the ma- he is going to be the centerpiece. We don't know how long Soto's staying. We don't know. This is going to be the big free agent signing of the New York Yankees this year, and I think they're going to get it done. And that's why they're too busy to get the dais table ready, and they're too busy, and Hal is too busy to show up in New York. He's focused on getting Yamamoto, 877-337-6666, taking your phone calls on the Yankees, on the Giants. We'll get to more things. I do have to talk about this Otani, uh, this Otani, this, um, yeah, Shohei Otani, I'm losing my mind. That contract, it's absurd. It pisses me off. I understand. Maybe I don't understand it completely. I'm open to that prospect. It still bothers me. Bruce and Flushing. What's up, Bruce? Hey, Chris. Three Yankee points, if I can. Please, number one. What? Number one, did you see the Boo Bannon's column on Sunday? Who? Bill Madden. I didn't, I, no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't understand what you said. No, I did not see Bill Madden's comment. Uh, okay. He wrote that Brian Cashman... Did not want to make the Soto deal. He wanted to wait till the price goes down. Yeah. And Hal said, you're making the Soto deal. And overrode him and ordered him to make the deal. Um, the way it was. I, that's, that's possible. Uh, I'm, I know Bill has his connections, and it's likely I even suggested it. I came on and did an open the next day and said the same thing because I knew Cashman didn't like it, and it ended up being the same deal they balked at because that was the story. Yankees have taken a step back. They, you know, their excessive offer from the Padres, they're reevaluating. Maybe they'll get back in touch, and then two days later they pretty much took the same deal. So I do think that there is no doubt. I don't know if he was forced. I don't know what the deal was, but I do think Hal had a lot to do with the when the the Soto deal got done. And if so, thank you, Mr. Hal Steinbrenner, because honestly, once the, dude, once the Blue Jays lost out on Otani, I don't know what they would have been willing to offer, and the price might not have went down. But, I, I, but I do believe that Cashman did not want to give up Thorpe and King in the same deal. I do believe that. And, and, I, and seen, I wouldn't be surprised if the owner had his handprints all over that. And we're seeing a different Hal Steinbrenner emerging in the last 12 months basically saying, you know, we're doing things a certain way now. He took over the judge negotiations, and it seems like he took over this deal, and he wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I think he is involved in all these signings, uh, the big ones. The judge, judge wanted... I think Cashman knew early on that you needed to have the owner involved in this. He's a franchise player. You were going to give him the captainship. He wanted to have a, a say in the organization. He wanted, I, I think that was, I think a lot of like Bryce Harper, the owner, got involved in Philadelphia to sign the contract. I think you're seeing that uh, throughout baseball sometimes. The big generational face of your franchise piece, it takes the owner to get involved a little bit. Uh, obviously, the same thing with the Mets, right? Um, they trade for uh, for the shortstop, uh, Lindor, and they have dinner, and then they sign him. Like the owners get involved. I think I think we've seen Hal getting involved in certain things. So I don't know about that, but yeah, the the intensity and the willing to open up the pocketbook for more, more, more. It looks like last year really pissed him off, and, and he's done this before too when. They didn't make the playoffs in 08, heading into the new building in 09, spent all that money, spent half a billion dollars on all those players, and then in 2013, ponied up for Ellsbury, ponied up for 
uh, uh, Tanaka, pony it up for Beltron, pony it up for um, McCann. They spent all that money. So he has done this before, but it seems like he's on the... And that's why I believe they're going to get Yamamoto. I do. The Dodger deal that the Yankees made didn't get a lot of publicity, but that's the kind of a deal where Cashman signs. He got a left-hander, relief pitcher, ground ball pitcher, good strikeout rate. Mm -hmm. He got a second-base prospect who can they plug in if they need to, if they trade Torres. And that's that kind of a deal where Cashman shines a little subtle moves. Yeah. No, listen, those are the subtle moves that Cashman's been great at. And we'll see. Sweeney was the top, I think he was the eighth prospect in the organization. I Actually, I saw him play in... Um, at the Hudson Valley Renegade with the Hudson Valley Renegades, I actually went to a couple games and saw Sweeney play. Uh, not that I, you know, he he didn't have great games when I was there, but he looked all right, and people liked him a lot. The thought was maybe he wasn't a defensive shortstop for his career that it would eventually transition over to second, but they liked his bat, top top draft pick. But uh, to get a infielder with a left-handed swing, like some of the videos I've seening I've seen as well as a relief pitcher, uh, no quibble with it. Right now, there's certainly right. If this this is the kind of thing, and I joke about it, like if this was the first deal made before the Soto deal, we'd all be pissed off. But now that they've got Soto, now that it seems like they're one of the favorites and are at least, even if they don't get him, are legitimately willing to give this guy three hundred million dollars or close to it to be a Yankee. We're all kind of all right. Good move, solid move, solid little bench. Oh, new reliever. Hey. You know what? This is this is in case Wandy Peralta doesn't stay. Like these are all the things we say now that we're more comfortable in what's already happened, and we feel better about Hal Steinbrenner's mindset and Brian Cashman's mindset. But to your first point, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Hal had a lot to do with when Juan Soto deal went through. And I think ultimately it was the right move. Sometimes the owner gets in; it's a mistake. Sometimes the owner gets in; it's the right move. I had the idea of Thorpe and King in the same deal. I do believe was something that Cashman didn't want to do and probably believed didn't have to do. And that's why that came out that Friday night that he the Yankees were balking and that the deal was excessive and they're taking a step back and things have cooled and they haven't talked in a few days. I firmly believe how uh, Cash was willing to wait because there was no one else in the market at that time. Everyone else was waiting for Otani. Nobody knew exactly, you know, how much you're going to give up for. You looked at other deals, the the deals that the uh, the Red Sox got for bets, some of the other, some of the one year rental deals, and it wasn't that much. It didn't wasn't perceived to be your top pitching prospect and a young pitcher who just had the best September in all of the American League. It didn't feel like you needed to do that right at that moment. Let's wait it out. They know they have to trade him. They know that they can't keep Juan Soto on the books. Why would I give them this? Let's wait. Let's wait. And the owner said, no, no, no. We've heard the reaction of the fan base on the idea that Michael King is going to hold up a Juan Soto deal. We don't know what's going to happen once the shoe drops on Otani and who's going to want to pivot to Juan Soto. Go make the deal now. I've, I believe that's very, very likely. I do. I believe that's very, very likely. Roscoe in Brooklyn. What's up, Roscoe? You're not mad about the deal, though, right, uh, c Mad about the Juan Soto deal? Yeah, I just got to get your approval on this. Oh, one. my God. You have to get my approval on it? No, so of course I, I approve. You know, you hung up on me a couple couple weeks ago, you know what I mean? I don't. I, I mean, we were going. I remember me and you going back and forth with it for a while. I don't know. We shouldn't. We both on the same team. Oh, no, now it's I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because all I did was say I would. I wouldn't trade Dominguez for him. I don't think you have to. And you came on I mean, and said I have something have against Juan Soto. C-Mac, 
listen, we didn't have to do that. So let's just drop it on that. Now, okay. here we go. You brought it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is this is my this is my whole notion with the whole uh, Otani deal, right? Okay. Why we can't do like I don't know, like I get I I know New York we got state and federal taxes. I guess Cali only has uh, federal, no state, something like that. It's no, I think they, I think they have state taxes. They have they have nah, they, nah. no their tax their tax penalties are are even more severe than New York. Uh, crazy, right? Yeah. All right. Uma was talking about it this morning. Yeah. My whole my whole thing with it is why we can't do that with Soto. Like, let's Soto has to say yes. That Soto might Soto might not want to make two million dollars over the next each year for the next two years. He he and might then, he, he might say screw that. I want my money. And then does why does MLB allow something like that's well that's the, the question. Dodgers, the Dodgers. Like, yo, I get it. Like, L.A., you got a board over there. You know, there's money. I, I get it. I get all that. But they get, like, Mookie Betts. They got Freeman. Yeah. They got Kershaw. They got, uh, what's Well, Kershaw's at the tail end of his career. They have no pitching, really, to speak of whatsoever. And they're top and of the, why, the top of the lineup's very heavy. And very, very heavy. what he did. And, on, and who knows what's going to happen in 10 years. My whole thing is, we got to sign Moto so that I can hear Evan Barber. Evan oh, Barber. You have no and idea. Sal, and Sal Licata. Yep. Go, because, listen. Roscoe, you ain't kidding, Roscoe. You have no idea Nobody how knows, you have man. no idea how bad I want you. Roscoe, you have no idea. And it's not just them. You have no idea. There are so many people. Who come at me that what are you crazy? You keep expecting these Yankee off seasons. It's never gonna happen. I cannot wait. I cannot wait till they get Yamamoto. And I, I I firmly listen, I don't know what he's gonna do, but the Yankees are in on it. You can't you can't even the haters can't question it. He they're in on giving him a big time contract. This isn't even if they don't get him, which is plausible because there's other suitors. The Mets have more money. The Dodgers were his favorite team apparently growing up, and they have plenty of money now that they got this contract. And let's just say this about Otani. Otani proved a couple of things. Otani proved that he wants to win. Like, we don't know anything about this guy. We had no idea what his desires were. We had Again, he wants to do things differently. He wants to do things quietly. He wants to do things nobody's ever done before. I think he's cleared that. He wanted he wanted that number of $700 million. He wanted that number. He wanted that first report from Jeff Passan to be 10 years, $700 million. Now, I don't know. I can't give you exactly why because over the years of the deferrals and this and that and inflation and what the dollar's worth, I, I don't know. But apparently, it's much more closer to $480 million than it is $700 million. I don't know how they do that magic. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to try and figure it out, quite honestly. But apparently, that's what the contract is more like, and that's what it's going to cost on the luxury tax, or at least for payroll for the luxury tax purposes, about $46 million per year, which I think is absolute nonsense. I don't care how you give the money out. If you guarantee someone $700 million, which apparently he's going to get $700 million. The idea is the value of it, considering the depreciation or whatever the case may be. But I, as far as I know, he's going to be handed over the course of however many years. Eventually, the Dodgers will turn over $700 million to this man in whatever time frame and whatever that actually does to the money. 
As far as I'm under, maybe I'm understanding this wrong too. But as far as I know, over the course of however long this deal plays out, the next 20 years, he is going to get $700 million from the Dodgers. If you're going to give someone $700 million and he's only playing for you for 10 years, that's $70 million a year on your payroll. Plain and simple. You want to play all the math you want so that he doesn't have to pay taxes? So he's willing to come to here? Or if you want to play all the math you want over the next handful of years because Otani's making $50 million off the field and he doesn't need the money, you can't do this to help bring in other players. If you can't, if you, then Otani signed the $480 million deal. Don't sign a $700 million deal where the money gets parlayed over the next 40 years. Like, honestly, then don't do it. However many dollars are exchanging hands from team to player and then divide that by however many years he's contracted to play the game for that team, and that number is the number that should be on the payroll. That's it. That's it. It's only 46. That's that's $25 million they were able to go spend on someone else. That's Yamamoto's contract. I'm sorry, I find it BS. And I understand that ultimately it's not really a $700 million contract, Chris. It's really only this. Is he not getting $700 million eventually? You're just saying it's worth less because he's getting it over the long time period. Still, that number is still exchanging hands. As far as I know. So it's absolute garbage. As far as I'm concerned. And I think it's ridiculous. And I know this could benefit the Yankees. Because as the, the, he just called. Uh, Roscoe just suggested. Maybe they could do it with Soto. Maybe they could do it with other players. I, I would think in theory it's still on the collective bargaining agreement. Because maybe le- maybe smaller market teams could do it. But clearly the the larger market teams are going to take advantage of it. And I think it's absolute crap. But that's okay. That's okay. That's uh, but we're we're learning Otani wanted that number. Otani wanted some crazy number to be reported. Otani wanted uh, Otani wants to do things differently. Otani wanted to make a splash with the number. Otani wanted to give the the team flexibility to go win, so winning's important to him and then not paying taxes is important to him too. Those are the things we found out Otani is interested in. Winning, breaking records, doing things unconventionally, and not paying taxes. It's not a bad it's not a bad checklist of things to and if you and if you're capable of doing it, I get it. Because he's not going to be living in California. Right? I I guess that's the in tw- after he after he is done playing in ten years. He's going to get that money, but he won't be playing in California. He won't be living in California. So that he's going to get a lot less tax on that money. And the state of California is missing out. So, listen, it is what it is. But I don't believe, I still don't believe, as much as there's room for him now, and now they're on the market for Yamamoto and Hayter, and they can go out and get everybody. And they've they've played it low-key the last two years, waiting for this moment. I hate the contract. I hate I hate everything about it. And I, I, the Yankees shouldn't be able to do it, just like the Dodgers shouldn't be able to do it. The Mets shouldn't be able to do it. I mean, 
it, it kind of does say to me, why, like, honestly, what was stopping, honestly, what was stopping Steve Cohen from giving him a billion dollars? Like, I'm not even joking. What was stopping him from giving Otani a billion dollars? Like, if this is how you could play this game, and you could probably, I mean, the, the Dodgers are probably saving money. You're going to make a ton of money on Otani being here. You couldn't call Otani, even though his agents didn't call you. They probably got wind that Otani, who apparently offered this deal to everyone he talked to, he probably got wind the idea that they were willing to defer 99% practically of this contract to the point he's making $2 million a year for the next 10 years. They, What's stopping you? Why did Cohen not pick up the phone and say, all right, I'll give you 10 years, a billion dollars. We'll defer the same amount amount. It's $100 million. I'll defer $98 million. You take $2 million a year. I'll pay you $98 million a year after that in, in 10 years. In the meantime, I'll, I'll play shenanigans with that money and end up not losing that much money on the deal. And the total deal will be somewhere around five, six, seven hundred million. Okay. I thought I might have to go there anyway. Like, what was stopping Steve Cohen from making him the first billion-dollar player? And you know what? I think Otani would have said yes. I, I think he'd come to New York for a billion dollars. It's, it's crazy. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yankees and Giants to start the show here. DeVito and Soto spoke today. A couple other things, obviously. Um, the injury uh, to Ronnie Mauricio for the Mets is a killer. He tore his uh, ACL, which is a brutal injury. Uh, you know, on the base path, playing in. Please, what league was it? Was he in the. Was he playing Dominican? One of the winter leagues. Yeah, one of the winter leagues. Um, you saw the video the other day. He goes down in a pile. I thought I thought there was a chance it was the ankle, but I guess they quickly said it was a knee injury, and now it's unfortunately a torn ACL. For someone who is going to compete uh, internally for an infield position, third base is obviously open. Stearns has already talked about looking at internal options for that position. A young switch-hitting kid who was tearing apart the Winter League last year, and really that's where he, for maybe other other than diehard Met fans, that's really where he started to make a name for himself was last year's Winter League where he just tore it apart. Um, played great for them in the minors and then came up and hit the ball as hard as anyone in baseball. So it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I would think it's a year-ending injury. Now the question is, for him, you assume he'll come back. But now you're looking at next year and then possibly even into, you know, it's it stunts his growth and his ability to come up here with the Mets dramatically for a year, year and a half, maybe even two years. It sucks. Because even when you come back, you got to play in the minor leagues for a while. If they do go get another option um, or if he struggles in the minor leagues, it could take, you know, it just sets you back. It's unfortunate for him. Uh, but what do you do now if you're the Mets and trying to fill out a roster here, trying to get a third baseman, We've been talking about doing it internally. This now hurts one of those candidates. They still have others. There's still Vientos. There's still Beatty. There's still internal options. McNeil could always play third base. There's different options. You'd have to do something else in the outfield then, but 
there's there's different options or at second base or whatever. You'd have to add someone else eventually. But there's there's different options for the New York Mets um, to go out and attack on the free agent market. Uh, obviously, a reunion with um, a reunion with Turner would be preferable. Would be ideal, really. Right-handed bat, DH, played third base occasionally. A leader. He was even a leader with the Red Sox. You don't have to be on a team forever to be a leader. He's a veteran player. He's been with the Dodgers. He's won a World Series. Uh, he's still a. He was an excellent bat for the Red Sox. They t- they openly would talk about how important uh, he's been for them. So if they could bring back Turner, a guy they traded just as his you know career was turning around that obviously exploded onto the scene with the Dodgers, he's someone that would fit this team like a glove. Uh, and you could I, I could see that. They've they've really talked about I it sounds like it's Yamamoto is really the only big piece they're looking to acquire here. But if if you know, now that they've lost Mauricio, a legitimate candidate for that job, a legitimate candidate to be a part of this team, they're gonna have to do something. And that's not, you wouldn't think Turner would be a huge expensive move. I mean, these are the kind of moves uh, that make sense. A veteran, good right-handed bat fits them perfectly there, can play some third base. I don't think you'd want to make him the starting third baseman all year long. You could, but, you know, kind of a, a uh, you uh, kind of a, uh, a role that is both DH and third base fits the Mets pretty well. So I think that's someone you could look for. But you still need another bat. You still need another option at third base. So there's still work to be done besides just Yamamoto. But they're all in on Yamamoto. Um, And really that market is now the Dodgers have thrown a a wrinkle into that. It felt like it was just the Yankees and the Mets. And now the Dodgers have become a a big-time player in this now that Otani's number has gone down. You'd figured he was going to the Dodgers this whole time. I never really believed the Blue Jays. I I was actually openly... Mocking them on Twitter, calling them the fraud Jays. I hope he goes there. I never for a second. I did that with the total confidence of knowing there was no way Otani was going to the Blue Jays. I ne- I didn't care what plane was in the air and where it was headed. I-, I never believed that he would go to Toronto. I just couldn't imagine it. But now that the Dodgers are a viable option for him, you know, the Yankees and Mets have to, you know, step it up. And especially the Yankees, the Yankees who were going to include Matsui and uh, Tanaka, or at least we thought they were, and in some in some way I'm sure they did, whether they were in the meeting or not. Like they have had a stronghold on that you know Japanese market. They've had superstars. If you allow Yamamoto to go to the Dodgers, and now they have. Yamamoto, who's been a uh, Cy Young Award or whatever the award is that's uh, comparable to the American Award, like this is the best player and best pitcher in the Japanese league for the last handful of years, plus the most recognizable, greatest player to ever live, who's who's who comes from Japan, all on the same team. That's the that's you can no one else matters. So the Yankees have to go do this. Go out there and be the big bad Yankees. But the Mets, same thing. This has been their target the whole time. I've talked about this. What is Steve Cohen if he loses out on this? What is Steve Cohen if he doesn't even dabble in the Otani sweepstakes and then he loses out to the Dodgers and or Yankees in the Yamamoto sweepstakes when that has been the one free agent they have openly targeted, the one free agent they've been public about, the one free agent he flew to J- to, flew to Japan to meet with. If he gets outbid or loses that 
free agent and doesn't even go after Otani. Yes, he signed Max Scherzer. Yes, he pivoted to Verlander after DeGrom left. Yes, the first move he made was to trade Flindor and give him $334 million. But ultimately, this would be a dramatic shift of, of, of the fan base's opinion on the owner if he comes up empty on all fronts in this offseason. If he just completely whiffs, if he doesn't even dabble in a market that included giving a, a player deferred money to the end of time, and then doesn't get the one high price free agent that he was set hard set to get. What does it say about this owner? And what does it say about him moving forward? And what does it say about oh yeah he'll get Osano, he'll get Soto he'll buy the Yan- the Soto away from the Yankees? Are you sure? Are you sure? AJ and Jackson, what's up, AJ? AJ, you there? Yeah, what's up, Yo, going? what's up, bud? How you doing, Mac? Good man. How are you? Um, I had a couple points about the Yankees. Yeah, I'm a on Soto. That's okay. First, I was, yeah, you, get, uh, you can get to DeVito. I'm going to the DeVito thing. Yeah, no problem. Good. Whatever you got. Yeah. Um, just I heard another quote earlier mentioned about the DeVito thing, about having instincts, you know, over Jones, and obviously you disagreed. I actually usually find myself agreeing with you most of the time, but I think I disagree on the DeVito thing about instincts and, you know, just the processing stuff. Obviously, Jones has put together maybe a couple games here and there where he's processed better, you know, instincts and stuff under the table you know, coaching staff, and even yeah. maybe in the beginning of his career, had a couple of good games. But I don't think he a had a had a good enough stretch like Devito in this in the terms of like the combination of stats, processing well, winning games like Devito has, and not necessarily game managing like Jones has last year. Um, well, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I I hear what you're saying, but he did win nine games last year and then won a road playoff game. It's not like he never had a stretch of winning football. And I don't right, know about right. game manager. He might have game managed at times because that's what they asked him to do. And I, I would think it, you're you're not going to call De, Devito wasn't a game manager for most of this. They scored ten points against New England. It's not like he's been of course, going. Of course, he's, he's game been manager, going but crazy. Do you expect anything more? No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like with Jones, I, I think it's unfair to just already tell me four weeks in that you you see attributes of Devito's that are already superior to what we've seen from Daniel Jones. When Daniel Jones stopped turning the ball over last year, just flat out stopped, had less turnovers than almost any, than I think he was second. I'll double check, but he was either the least turned over uh, quarterback in the NFL or the second least turnovers in the league from being a guy who was a fumble machine and a pick machine. And this year went reverted back to it. But last year led the league in, in least amount of turnovers, won a playoff game, dominated that playoff game was the absolute reason they won that playoff game. And now four weeks in, beating the likes of the Washington Commanders, the New England Patriots, who now there's speculation that the owner has made a decision on getting rid of the greatest coach in NFL history, and that's how bad they are this year. And the idea that then they turn around and beat a Packers team who honestly the quarterback showed up and couldn't throw the football. Like Those three weeks do not all of a sudden tell me that he's better at almost anything than Daniel Jones. It's just hard for me to make that jump already. I'm open to it, right, and we've, right. we've, seen, we've seen progress and – and things in that in that in that area that I'm positive about, but I'm just not ready to make that jump. Right, and I hear that you, and I was going to ask you what would make you personally feel that way. And I would just say, like, obviously, I'm not declaring Tommy DeVito the next Tom Brady. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I was having discussion with a friend or two, you know, and I was saying, you know, that the only thing that would 
tell me this year guaranteed that he is maybe the next Tom Brady or he's officially the franchise guy without wanting to draft another quarterback would be him winning a Super Bowl, basically. Because even if he goes into the playoffs and plays pretty well and, you know, somehow we do a couple of things, uh, you know, you got you gotta want you got to want to see more than just one year. Even Brock Purdy, you know, who made a little bit of a run last year, I don't think anyone was completely sold maybe until this year in terms of outside the – the Niners organization, right? Um, but regardless, to me, I personally have seen enough of let's say uh, enough of the film between Jones and Devito. I haven't sat there and crunched every single game, right? To see to see that that you know after five years of Jones, you know, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Oh, over I, these I completely. Games to see that I Devito com- processes. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I'm 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 done with Daniel Jones. Not only from what we've seen, but the idea that now he's had two years end with season-ending injuries uh, and surgeries. Like he's had he's right, had a right. neck surgery now he's had a knee surgery the neck came up and bothered him again it's not only just the play and not throwing touchdowns and not winning enough games it's 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 his injury history too that I'm concerned about I'm ready to move on from him I wanted right, to lose agreed. I wanted to lose to get the draft pick that was me and I, and and two years ago before the, the and I was on that boat with you yeah. I was on that boat because yeah. it's it's almost pointless to like you know listen I'm when just I'm saying I don't game, know if I've seen enough from I just don't know if I've seen enough from Devito to automatically do that and I know Jones is going to be here for one more year like I know that contract wise right. they can't get rid of him so I know Agreed. he's going to be here for one more year I I don't think that if a healthy Daniel like and here's the other like a healthy Daniel Jones going into training camp, if he's healthy, and say it's an open competition. I find it hard to believe that DeVito would beat him out in an open competition. Like, I'm still not there yet. The guy the guy is super talented. His arm strength is better than DeVito's. His, 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 his athleticism is better than DeVito's. Like, we've seen a handful of games here. If he plays this well and doesn't turn the ball over and throws touchdown passes and beats the Eagles and beats the Saints and beats the Eagles again and beats the Rams, then... I'm open to that, but right now I just uh, I'm not ready to say Devito's that guy. I'm open to it, and I'm done with Daniel Jones. I want a new quarterback after next year, but I can't tell you I've seen enough where I'm banging the drum for Devito to be that guy. Right, and and uh, again, like I agree to the extent of like it's pretty early and premature to kind of declare Devito anything. But I personally believe that he's better than Jones, and I've seen enough of that. I've seen the processing. I've seen the anticipatory throws and, and throwing receivers open. Like, how many times have you seen Daniel Jones actually throw a ball, you know, about a, a second before the guy gets to the place that he is? I haven't seen enough of that from Jones. I don't think he understands the nuances of the game like DeVito does at this point. And DeVito has been growing at a way more rapid rate than what we've seen from Daniel Jones over five years. I mean, he's probably grown more than DeVito, than, than Jones you know, just from what he, from coming in, than than Jones has maybe over his whole career. I yeah, mean, it's tough to say that, but it is uh, considering Daniel Jones had multiple games his rookie year with four touchdown passes and no interceptions. His first game ever, he went into Tampa Bay and threw the ball all over the place. Like this is a hand, yeah, yeah. These, I, these are a handful of games we're seeing from this kid. A handful agree, of games. agreed. Like I, I, I agreed. I, and I, I was, I was, yeah. I can't, I, and I appreciate the call, AJ. There is just no way. There is no way I can say watching him play three games, because let's be honest, he didn't throw the ball against the Jets. He got absolutely killed against the Cowboys. I can't tell you watching DeVito play for three games that I know he's already better than Daniel Jones. That's And I'm down on Daniel Jones, and I want a new quarterback after next year. Two years ago, I wanted to trade for Russell Wilson instead of uh, bringing him back. Uh, Last year... I, I was unhappy with the contract, but understood it considering the year he had. 
And now this year, after another injury, I'm done. I'm done with Daniel Jones. I've made it very clear. I do not want Daniel Jones to be the... Now, if he comes back next year and plays great and they win 13 games and he wins two playoff games, of course, life changes. We all get that. Circumstances change. Right now, as of today, I no longer want Daniel Jones to be the future of the quarterback, and I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is. But I can't tell you after three games that DeVito's better and even further that DeVito is his replacement. I can't tell you that. And I don't want to have to. Like, that's the main thing. I don't want to have to make that decision. It's silly to try. I don't want to have to. We, he doesn't, we don't have to make that decision. Let's go beat the Saints. Is that okay? Can we focus on the Saints? Can we focus on winning another game and being 6-8? and eight? Again, the Giants are 5-8. and eight. I know he's 3-1. and one. I know that the Giants are 5-8. and eight. Can they go win a football game in New Orleans before we declare we have found the next great quarterback in the NFL? Like, enough. And I'm sorry, I hear what you're saying. I do. There is no way in hell I can tell you he's better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was better than Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Daniel Jones was a superstar worthy of $40 million a year. Now, a guy who was undrafted steps onto the field, wins a game against Washington, wins a game 10-7 against the Patriots, and beats Green Bay on, on Monday night in a game where the other quarterback in love couldn't throw the football, and now he's better than all that. So if you're saying he's better than that, then he's better than a top-10 quarterback. He's better than Dak Prescott. Because that's what was said about Daniel Jones. So uh, maybe not by you in particular, but a lot of people. Do you think he's worthy of $40 million? You would pay... You would pay Tommy DeVito $40 million a year. You're sure of that? If he was a free agent at the end of the year, would you give him $40 million? If you say he's better than Daniel Jones, you have to. I don't think we're there yet. I just don't think we're there yet. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me how quickly. And let's be honest. Here's the other thing. Like, don't kid yourself. We could say all this hype and everything we believe. If they lose to the Saints, it's over. We don't talk about it. It's over. If he gets beat up by the Saints, if he's sacked five times, throws a pick, and they lose 17-6, to it's over. No one's going to say, hey, don't forget the Green Bay game. Everyone's going to be like, I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. After one game. So if after one game you're convinced it's over, you can't, you know, it's just crazy. Jake in Long Island. What's up, Jake? Hey, how are you? What's up, man? Uh, look, I gotta, I'm got i kind of hopping on the train with you here. I really don't think that Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets, Tommy, you know, I get it. It's a nice story. His mom makes his bed in the morning. Yep. He goes home, you know, he drives half an hour or whatever, play at the stadium, throw a couple touchdowns, goes home, and eats his mom's Sunday sauce. I get it. But it's like, He's not all that. And I get it, like the hype train, everybody wants him to be good. Everybody wants to say, because Daniel Jones is just like, he's, he's just not it. So I, it's I, like agree. I, I agree with you on Daniel Jones. I'm done with him. So, so my, I guess my question, if there is a question, is do you think it's a better road to take? 
to ride out what's left of Daniel Jones, hoping he comes back from the injury healthy and try to give him weapons in this next year's draft and the following drafts to come? Or do you just abandon ship on both of these two and just try to hopefully trade up in a future draft and get your guy a year, two years down the road? Uh, Jake, that is a very interesting question that I will answer on the other side.